Hello and welcome to Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast for August 24th, 2018. Don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com. So tomorrow night we have UFC Fight Night 135. Uh, That will be at the Pinnacle Bank Arena in Lincoln, Nebraska. And this show will air on Fox Sports 1 in the U.S. and TSN in Canada. The prelims will air on Fox Sports 2 in the U.S. and the Fight Network in Canada. Okay, so there's two women's fights on this show, and I just want to go over those uh, very quickly. The first one is on the main card. It will be Angela Hill versus Courtney Casey. And this is a strawweight bout. And um, I listen, neither of these girls are what I would call elite fighters. They're just not good enough. So with Elangela, you have somebody who I would say is a WWE caliber personality, but not a UFC caliber fighter. Okay? So it's basically her talking and her personality that really got her in the UFC. It really... She's basically a kickboxer, and she has no ground game. She was on Tough 20, okay? And then she was in the UFC for a while, and she didn't do well. And then they released her, and she went down to Invicta, and she won four fights in a row in Invicta. And then she came back to the UFC. Now, the problem with her fights in Invicta is all her wins were, I would call, against crappy fighters. (laughs) It's like... You know, they were wins, but, you know, none of the fighters, none of the opponents were any good. So, I don't know. They brought her back, mainly they brought her back to be like target practice for Jessica Andrade. And since Angela has come back, she's basically, uh, you know, gone two and two. Um, Last year, she lost a fight to um, uh, Nina Ansarov that she should have won. There's no excuse for her to not beat somebody like Nina Ansarov. And then she won her last fight um, over uh, Marina Moroz. And, and this was more Marina's fault because Marina is a better fighter than that. It's just that she, you know, I, I guess she, her strategy is usually some kind of angle that her husband figures out. I don't know. But it didn't work, and Angela won the fight. I still think Angela is a very limited fighter, and I guess against a better fighter, I think she might have some problems. Now, Courtney Casey is not an elite fighter, but she's an okay fighter. By the way, I forgot to mention, Angela trains at uh, Alliance in San Diego. Okay, Courtney Casey is from Hawaii. She trains with her husband, who is a boxer, and uh, her record is 7-6. and six. She's 4-4 four and four in the UFC. And her last two fights have both been... Split decision losses, first to um, uh, Felice Herrig and then to Michelle Waterson. But for me, she's a better fighter than Angela because she can do more things. You know, she's just more versatile. So, I mean, the record is kind of one of those things where she always seems to be in competitive fights and sometimes uh, she comes out on top and sometimes she doesn't. She doesn't seem to finish fights, so that's, I think, part of her problem. And that's that, um, you know, she's always going to be in that position where she's in a close fight 
And sometimes she gets it and sometimes she doesn't. But I actually think she's a better fighter than Angela. I don't think either of them are elite fighters. Okay? All right. So the other fight, women's fight, is going to be on the um, fight pass prelims. And that will be Joanne Calderwood against Kalindra Feria. And that will be at flyweight. Of course, should all be familiar with Joanne. She's a very popular fighter from Scotland. Uh, for the last few years, her record is 11 and 3. For her last few years, she has trained at um, TriStar in Montreal. But I noticed uh, in uh, recent tweets, she's been training at um, a Syndicate MMA in uh, uh, Las Vegas. A lot of uh, female fighters are over there, including Roxanne Modafferi. And. Um, so we haven't seen Joanne in a while since she lost to Cynthia Calvilla la last year. And the main problem with Joanne, and this goes back to her Invicta days, is she's a kickboxer, okay? She has no ground game, and she's, her ground defense is really weak. So, you know, I don't know if we'll see something new from her in this fight or not. I don't know what she's been working on and that sort of thing, but... I don't expect her to have much trouble with uh, her opponent here. Kalindra Feria is a um, Brazilian. Her record is 18-7-1. Uh, she came into the UFC last year as a late replacement. And I had to, I had to chuckle when uh, I heard she was coming to the UFC because I had seen her before. And uh, she may be one of the most inept fighters I have ever seen. She's just awful. And we saw this in her last fight uh, against um, Jessica I. And um, what happened there was Kalindra knocked Jessica loopy in round one with a head kick. And then she couldn't finish her and she lost by split decision. So that's what I'm talking about. Even when she does something good, she can't seem to take advantage of it. You know, and, and so she's just inept. So... I favor Joanne in this match, but based on her fighting style, I don't expect uh, uh, Joanne to finish. I expect it to be by unanimous decision. And you never know, maybe Kalindra can land a lucky shot or something like that. But Kalindra is just not a UFC caliber fighter. Uh, and, and I mean, the only reason she got in was as a late replacement, right? And uh, Joanne, um, I don't know if she's a UFC caliber fighter anymore. You know, there was some thought that she was, but I just don't think she does enough. You know, I, I think, you know, when you're a kickboxer, there's only a certain, it's only what you can do, and, and then you have uh, doubts about her. Now, the one thing I will say about uh, um, Joanne is I think she's more comfortable at flyweight than she is at strawweight, okay, just because the weight cut seemed to take a lot out of her at, at strawweight. So I like her better at flyweight. Okay, we have a couple of uh, fights to uh, talk about that were announced. Uh, the first one is a big one. Um, it's finally official. It's UFC welterweight champion Chris Cyborg will face UFC bantamweight champion Amanda Nunez at UFC 232 December 29th at T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. Now, the main reason this fight is even happening is the welterweight division is always going to be weak and not even the ultimate fighter that's coming up will improve the division. Now, since she's been in the UFC, Chris Cyborg has fought bantamweights moving up to welterweight. So, of course, 
she has a competitive advantage, which she would lose if she dropped to bantamweight. Okay, but at least Amanda started out as a welterweight. Now, that was a long time ago, so I don't know what she'll be like as a welterweight now. When this fight was first proposed to Chris, she didn't want to fight another Brazilian. But after she beat Yana Konitskaya in March, and then Holly Holm beat the only other UFC welterweight, Megan Anderson, even Chris was forced to admit that Amanda was the best opponent for her. Meanwhile, Amanda defended her UFC bantamweight championship with a win over Raquel Pennington in May. Now, the problem was she broke her foot during that fight. So Chris, she keeps wanting to do the fight sooner rather than later. First, she wanted to do it in July at the International Fight Week. You know, Amanda wasn't going to do that. And the broken foot kind of took care of that. Then she wanted to do it in September. Uh, when Amanda agreed to December 29th, Chris whined publicly that it was too long to wait and she wanted another fight in the meantime. Look, when these kind of things come up, you have to stop being a fanboy and put on your promoter's hat, okay? Because that's what I do. The UFC was not going to risk an injury in a meaningless fight. They just weren't going to do it. You know, it didn't make any damn sense for them to allow Chris to fight anyone. I don't give a shit who it was. Okay, I know there were some fighters that volunteered for that, but it doesn't make sense for them to allow that. What if she gets hurt? Then you don't have a fight in December anymore. Now, besides that, Amanda needed enough time to recover from the broken foot, and she wanted a full camp. So finally, this fight is happening on December 29th as proposed. So the whining didn't do Chris any good. And, and I will just say this about that. She needs to stop doing that, okay? It makes her look bad. The moment I saw her complaining about that, oh, I want to fight in September and blah, 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 blah. It's like, shut up already. You know, they're not going to do that. And, and I just explained why they wouldn't do it. And I wouldn't do it either, all right? At some point, you have to just use your head for something other than a doorstop. Jeez. Anyway, Chris is probably going to win anyway because she's much bigger than Amanda. I just don't see Amanda overcoming the size difference. After that, I don't know what the deal with Chris is. One name that has come up recently is Olympic gold medal judoka Kayla Harrison. Now, when her name first came up a few years ago, I had my doubts that Kayla could make 145. And I still believe that because her PFL fights have been at 155. So let's see her make 145 and be, then beat someone decent. And that second part, in other words, finding somebody decent as an opponent for her could be a problem too. So, I mean, Chris keeps talking about, well, her contract is up. She could go to Bellator. She could try boxing. Let me give you the bottom line, people. She can't make UFC money any of those places, okay? It's as simple as that. And I don't think Bellator is that interested in paying her what she's looking for, okay? Women's MMA is not important to Bellator, okay? Their selling points is like the old timers who used to be in the UFC and heavyweights and that sort of thing. If you've, have you looked at their women's divisions lately? <laughs> They're not very good. You know, so they don't, they don't look at it as a priority. And until they do, why the hell would they pay 
Chris Cyborg a ton of money to go there. They won't. Okay. So I don't think her choices are and, and boxing is a waste of time. She she can't make money in boxing. There's no way. Anyway, I don't expect anyone decent to come out of tough tough the Ultimate Fighter, but I'm keeping my expectations low. So maybe I will be pleasantly surprised, but I kind of doubt it. Now, the other fight we have uh, announced is Ryzen this morning announced that uh, a whole bunch of fights for Ryzen 13 at the Saitama Super Arena, September 30th. They announced two women's fights. Uh, I'd say one is important, the other one is a waste of time. The important match will have Ayaka Hamasaki facing Mina Kurobe. Uh, the winner of this match will probably face Kana Asakura on Ryzen's NYE show. Um, they haven't announced an Adam Weight title yet, but I hope they do. I actually think they will. And that the match uh, between uh, Kana and whoever wins this match uh, will be for that title. Now, if you're asking about Rena, we don't know yet, but I'm kind of expecting retirement at this point. That's what she was talking about a month ago. Now, most fans should be familiar with Ayaka. She is 36 years old. Her record is 15 and 2. Ayaka was trained at AACC by Megumi Fuji. Since Megumi, Megumi has left to join her husband at Burst, Ayaka has taken over the women's program at AACC. And for the last year, Ayaka has put her own fighting career on hold to train Rena, but she returned with a win over Alyssa Garcia on the May 6th Horizon show. Of course, Ayaka is also a former Invicta Atomweight champion. Mina is the current Deep Jewels Atomweight champion. She is 41 years old. Her record is 15 and 3. She trains at Master Japan. The problem with uh, Mina, other than her age, which is another problem, is the talent level at Deep Jewels is so low. I think it gives a false impression of her talent level. She's probably better than anyone in Deep Jewels. Uh, but when she went to Road FC in Korea, Hamso he beat her by TKO. So I guess the bottom line is Ayaka is an elite fighter and Mina isn't an elite fighter. So for that reason, I would expect Ayaka to win. She's still very quick and I just don't think Mina will be able to handle that. And um, the other women's match that was announced will have Miyu Yamamoto versus Andy Nguyen. That is also at, at Atomweight, but I don't really care about the fight. Miyu Yamamoto is an old lady. She's 43 years old. Andy Nguyen has already shown that she has, is a very attractive girl, but a mediocre fighter. So, you know, it's a time waster, you know. Anyway, that's it for today. We'll be back. Uh, I'll be back on Sunday with my uh, review of the fights on uh, tomorrow night's uh, UFC show. Don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com. If you want to leave a uh, message on the podcast, you can do so and I'll answer any questions you might have. And if you want to subscribe to the podcast, you can do so at Google Play Music, Google Podcast, Spotify, and iTunes. As I said, be back on Sunday with a review of UFC Fight Night 135. Have a good weekend!